look at the uh, story of the prodigal son. And one of the key takeaways was that father didn't chase his son down. See, I would have. I would have tried to get my money back before I blew it all, right? And when he came back, and this kid did bad stuff, there's he didn't lecture him because the kid had learned on his own. But the key takeaway for me was that father in that story had created an, an environment in which he knew his son would be welcome to come home, which is, I think, what... I mean, I guarantee you, half the people listening to this, you sometimes uh, aren't close to God because you're afraid he's mad at you. Because you're not praying enough and you're not doing this enough. And so you stay away from the very one that can give you wisdom and help you. And I don't want our kids to stay away from us as parents because it's never good enough where we're going to give that lecture. You're listening to episode 88 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. And today I have brought back Kirk Martin from CelebrateCalm.com. Y'all make sure you signed up for his great newsletter. I have a link to all his stuff in the show notes. And if you are a listener of this podcast, I know you're a big fan of Kirk's. He has helped us stay calm with tantrums and with sibling issues, with back to summer, with back, not back to summer, summer stresses and now we are back to school and I thought it'd be good to bring him back on here help us out with some homework issues what to do when our kids get in trouble at school how to handle uh, if what if they're not motivated to do the work that's required of them what is our role in all of these things Kirk has some great practical advice but also some great long-term perspective as usual he will help us stay calm in this parenting journey let's get right to it here we go Hey, Kirk, welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, Heather, it's good to be back. And I think everyone listening is happy to hear your voice. I heard on on Instagram. Instagram told me that they're happy. Okay, good. Well, if Instagram says it, then you know it's, it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and we've all appreciated your help in so many areas of our lives, summer and siblings and staying calm during the tantrums. Um, but now we're back to school. So it's a new season, new set of issues. Pulled some moms on Instagram, and we've got some questions for you. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) There were some definite questions about homework because that is where, as moms, it's the end of the day. Everyone's tired. We don't feel like doing it. They don't feel like doing it. We need help. How do we stay calm? How do we motivate? What do you got for us? What help can you give us? Okay. Okay. Let's start big picture. So, and this is great because it's the beginning of the school year. And what I encourage everybody to do is step back and go big picture. What do you really want out of this school year? What, what are the qualities you want your kids to have? And I always come back to really two, which is I want a child who's curious. I want curiosity and I want a child who has wisdom, who's a good thinker. And, and so it just helps because parents get freaked out over, oh, he's not doing his homework. How do we get homework done? You know, my son's 22. I'm on the back end of this. I will tell you, homework doesn't matter in the big picture. I know you will cringe to hear that, but I've never met like a successful 45-year-old man or woman who said, you know why I'm successful in life? Because I rocked at my homework in third grade. I never forgot a paper. Yes. And so I I want us to keep the picture all through the school year because here's the thing. You're going a certain percentage of you will have a child 
who just likes to do his homework, right? They, they're, they're just good students and they get pleasure from it. They're people pleasers. They'll grow up and need a lot of therapy because they'll be resentful <laughs> in life because they never said no to anybody. But it's great they're when just they're the task. They're the task people. I feel like there's some they're kids that are task people. people and they just like to – there's a checklist. I work through my checklist and then I'm done. Like, they yeah. do. And it's wonderful. And I hope you have at least one of those children <laughs> because anybody who's listening to this probably has at least one child. Who just doesn't want to do it because it's boring, stupid, duh. And you're going to hear that for like 12 years of, uh, of school. And so it's going to be different. So let's go through. And these are just options for you. Okay, I'm going to throw out some options for different age groups of how I would handle it. Okay. So, But start with a big picture. The other big picture thing is this, just to relax everybody. What you model in your home is what your kids will ultimately end up doing, right? If you are a family that values getting exercise and you eat pretty well and you read books and you watch pretty good programming, your kids are going to grow up and do that. If you're in a home where the kids are watching Jerry Springer three hours a day, just send them right to jail now. But none of you are doing that. So you know what I mean? Hopefully so your kids not, are going to be Kirk. A- okay. Yes. <laughs> so. So let's go with little kids, like first grade, kindergarten. This is totally my response, which I'm not doing homework. And, and, and you don't have to agree with, but homework's stupid for little kids. Well, my it, kindergartners not, at their school, they don't have homework. It's just good, read to them. Good, but a lot of them do. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what I want to do. I want to read. I want to explore. Yeah. I want them to go outside and pick up bugs. And I want them to get dirty and nasty and get into stuff. Right, because they're just exploring and they're curious. And sometimes homework and our rigid system kind of saps the creativity and curiosity out of kids. So it becomes, you know what it is, it's that rote thing of we just need to get it done, but we're not necessarily learning or being curious. So as kids get a little bit older, then I'm probably going to do, I'm doing two things, Heather. One is this, and it's going to be hard for, for, for parents. You're going to have to step back because as long as you're always so anxious, because here's what happens. Well, if my son doesn't do, if they don't do their homework, then he's not going to get good grades. And if he doesn't get good grades, he's not going to graduate from high school. And if he doesn't graduate, he can't go to college and then he can't get a job and nobody's going to marry him. And he's going to be living in my basement. So he's 29. Right. right? I mean, I know you've never had that thought. No, but. no. Jail. More so like jail. So what happened. Like jail. jail. Right. Are we saving for bail or jail <laughs> yeah. or college, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that parental anxiety of standing over your kids all the time with, you know what, if you would just focus, you would be done in 45 minutes instead of it taking three hours. For some reason, that's not motivating. And here's the real part, uh, uh, point. As long as you are really anxious about your child's homework, you are actually being responsible for your child's homework. Mm-hmm. You are being more responsible than your child is. And what our kids end up learning is, I don't really have to do it because my mom's going to end up doing it for me, right? And I want to back off a little bit and say, hey, this is yours to do. And my tone as a parent, this is beyond homework. This is my tone as a parent is this. I'm here to give you wisdom and tools to succeed. I'm not going to lecture you. I'm not getting on you all the time, but I'll give you some wisdom. I'm giving you some choices, but I want to give you tools. And so as kids start with doing their homework, You know, experiment with doing homework in different ways. Some of you have kids who hang off the sofa upside down. It's weird. I get it. But go in there and hand them their homework while they're hanging upside down. Some of your kids will do it that way. 
Many of your kids have said, mom, can I listen to my homework? Can I listen to music while I'm doing homework? For many of your kids, the best way to do homework is while they're listening to music. So put little earbuds in their ears and let them do some homework. Let them sit underneath the kitchen table, make a fort out of the kitchen table. You put a blanket over the table. Now it's a fort. They have to go underneath the table, sit on the floor. That's fun. They can pick up the mac and cheese and chicken nuggets that fell off the plate from the night before. They get a little bit of protein. Everybody's happy. But you're changing the dynamic of how you do it, sitting on an exercise ball for little kids when you're reviewing vocabulary words. There's no need to sit and like grill your child over that. You can be doing that while he's jumping on his trampoline outside. So, And, you know, a couple things that this last week we discovered. One, I almost messed up. I was telling you about how we handle the uniforms and like take them off right away, put them in the closet. So we're home. We're getting home and they're. One boy comes inside running. I'm like, take off your uniform. Go get on your plate. He's like, but but, I was just getting our books. Quaid and I are going to go read in the tree. And I was like, oh, yeah, please go do that. Please go do that. Like yeah. I almost inhibited them taking books and reading in a tree. Like, right. yes, that is more important. Go do that. And the other thing was they both had spelling tests Friday because that's what we do. Everyone, everywhere, spelling tests. And so instead of just like wrote, like going through the words, we did a little like – I don't say it was a battle because I don't want to increase sibling competition, but it was like I would give a word to one kid and then I give a word to the other kid. And we, if everyone got their words, they get a piece of candy. Well, whatever. We just, it was just to be a fun way to go through the words. They, they liked it. They did like a board and kept, you know, little hashtags for each word they got, whatever. But I think you're totally right. Making it a little bit, not that we need to go over the top Pinteresty on our creativity, but not like so anxious. And like have to do this a certain way and you have to sit at the table with your legs under the table. Um, And I think the anxiety for me personally is not less about the future self as it is. What is the teacher going to think of me as a mom? Mm -hmm. That's good. And I think that's why I like you because you're so honest about how horrible a person you are. Well, I'm a horrible, horrible person. (laughs) I just think that when I talk to other moms, I think that, that one of their biggest fears is, are they going to get, you know, spoken to by the teacher about how they're not facilitating an environment where their kids getting their homework done or how um, their child not remembering stuff is your, the parent's fault. There's such a tie right. to that that um, I think that's where, the, that's where the anxiety comes from. Like we have to get right. this done or you have to do well da, 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 because what will your teacher think? Exactly. And that's, and that's where that's stepping back and saying that's, that's not my responsibility. Yeah. Right. And to be able to separate and say, yeah, my child chose not to do it last night mm-hmm. and, and I'm OK with yeah. that. Right. And it's a consequence for him at school for not doing his homework. But I think, you know, I, I would encourage the moms out there really practice this early in the year, because yeah. the more that you have that tone of, yeah, Mrs. Teacher. Yeah, I know he didn't do his homework last night because he chose not to do it. Yeah. And it, it's not my responsibility to make him do it. It's not my responsibility to be stuffing papers in his in his thing. I'm going to give him tools, but sometimes he chooses not to. And, and see, I'd rather, especially when kids are in the early grades, I'd rather have them fail. Yeah. And I'd rather have because, I mean, honestly, Heather, grades don't matter, as your middle schoolers will tell you. Grades don't matter till high school. Yeah. And I don't get hung up on grades. I get hung up on. Do I have a curious child who loves to learn, who really loves to read? And here's another one I'll throw out because you're going to hit this. And I I don't mean to be sexist here, but I do a lot of teacher training across the country. 90% of teachers are women. 
most of the approved reading list of books are just uh, picked out by uh, female teachers. Yeah. They tend to be more girly books. Well, you have four. I had one. My son didn't want to read about Laura Ingalls Wilder <laughs> in a little dress. We wanted to read about things yeah. blowing up in trucks and dirt and blood. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I had to go in and say, hey, and here's a good approach with a teacher. Mrs. Teacher, Mr. Teacher, I'm really thankful that you care about my child and that you push him and that you're really, really conscientious. And I love that. And I appreciate that. You and I have the same exact goal. We want a curious learner who's always working hard and learning more. So we both want him to read. I'm just letting you know that this list of books, not going to get read, read. But we did go to the library and we picked out these five books yeah. and they're at grade level. Would it be okay if we substituted these? Yeah. yeah. And I remember some teachers said, no, we're going to have to mark Casey down. And I'd say, well, that's okay. Cause I don't, I'm not interested in your grade. I'm interested in my son. Like you're two, you're two boys going out to read in a tree. Right. I would, I, I just cancel everything for the week. I wouldn't make them do like you know what yeah. I mean. That's huge. Well, and one book they're reading was Tolliver's Secret, which is um, where a little girl finds. It's about a little girl, but she finds out that her her grandfather's a spy. So that's cool. And yeah. then he dies, and then yeah. or the girl somebody dies, and then another one is um, I can't Phantom Tollbooth, which is a lot a little boy who doesn't like to do his homework, and he ends up in a magical land where he realizes all these this information matters. Like it gets him through this imaginary world. It's, That's slightly manipulative. No, no, no. It was a great book. It's very around. witty and like interesting and like it's well done. And you – I loved that book. But I think, you know, if y'all are looking for good books, our school does have um, top 35 great books by grade that are classics awesome. and then that are just great literature that are interesting and um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Perfect. So I would say, yeah, I think thinking outside the box with your kids, um, I th- the key of not being – anxious to be concerned about um, grades or teacher's approval. I think when my sons show bad attitudes during homework time, like that sound, okay, it's time to whatever. I'm like, fine. I like my, my tone of fine. You don't have to do it. You can just talk to Mrs. So-and-so about it. Totally fine with me. See, I like that. And I don't get, now you don't have to agree with this, but I don't get, listen, when I ask kids to do homework or do something, or I ask any human being to do something they don't want to do, my expectation is they're not going to like it. I mean, when God God goes to Moses, calls him out of a burning bush and says, Moses, lead my people. And he's like, seriously? Yeah. He said, I don't even know how to talk. They're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe me. You're not going to believe me. I'm not a good leader. Yeah. And so it's so I don't get too thrown by that. By the bad attitude. Think, yeah. I think sometimes Christian parents, because we want so badly for our kids to do well and to have a good attitude at all times, we get really freaked by that. And then we start saying, we start lecturing about how the Lord wants us to have a good da 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 da. And it just, quite honestly, it just gets overbearing for kids. And they're like, I just don't want to do my homework. And so sometimes I'd even tell my kids, you know what? If I were you, I wouldn't want to do this either. Yeah. I mean, this, this, you know what I mean? I, I mean, sometimes you're just honest with kids say, but the deal is, 70% of life is de- doing stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. So this is just practice, right? Well, and, and what so, is your thoughts on like making them do it right when they get home versus taking a break, letting them play, and then coming back to it? 
Um, depends on the child, but I do like for some of the kids that we work with, the ones who really struggle at school because sitting still all day long is really hard. If I can get them uh, a little bit of downtime, let's say when they get home, I've got like, okay, treasure hunt. I hid some stuff in the backyard, but you guys can't find it. It gets them outside. It gets them some exercise. Mm -hmm. It it gives them a little bit of a break. I would caution against the break being, oh, why don't you guys go get on TV or your video games? It's really hard to turn it back on, but physical exercise, a treasure hunt, um, sitting out, even sitting out. My, here's what my wife used to do with Casey, especially come home from school. She'd sit out on the front steps and then have like a popsicle together. And it was just a nice unwinding. Mm-hmm. He could kind of jabber about the day, but it wasn't like, Hey, come on, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Let's get your schoolwork done. It depends on the, ch- you know, experiment. Yeah. Some of your kids just want to come home and get it done. Yeah. A couple options, pick them up at school once in a while, take them to a park while the weather's nice and let them do homework outside. You can take them like to a Panera bread place. You don't have to buy anything. They've got free samples. And so, no, we're taking your own, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got four kids. I you can't, can't afford that. No, no, I can't that. keep taking them Panera. No, yeah. No, I pick them up. Yeah, we have to pick them up. But yes. But if you pick them yeah. up, you could do the homework in an – the idea is the variety yeah. – and when they're, you're outside of the home, you also don't have all the distractions of home yeah. as well. So experiment. One other comment before we move on to the older kids and motivation. I'd encourage you to be available to your kids. What? Because, Heather, my picture with you is you're in the kitchen because you're getting dinner, you're getting stuff going, and you've got four kids. You don't, one, you don't have time to hover. But you can be available to your kids. But I wouldn't make it so that you are 100% totally just sitting there waiting for them to get things done. Otherwise, you'll get really frustrated and say, come on, Jacob, you know the answer to this. Just write it down right now. Yeah, no, I've found like my oldest, um, his issue is he's a creative and so in more of an abstract, random kind of thinker. And so he'll kind of leave it on the table and he'll go get like a cheese stick and come back and then he'll work on something and then Perfect. he'll go grab a book and then he'll come back. He's kind of all over. And if I hover, right, it's frustrating to us. But if I just let it get done and then he comes to me and tells me when it's done, right. so much better. Um, and then, That's yeah, good. the other one just like cranks through it like a like a list but um right i think yeah yeah i think having four kids they they can't expect you to sit there but there are kids that have special needs that their parents have to sit there and they've got three that they're trying to all help um so that's tricky maybe we'll get to that as you get to older kids but you know what i'll throw that out there right now i mean i think i think it still falls under even with the kids with special needs it still falls back on, hey, I'm not doing it for you. I, under- I understand that this is a struggle for you. Yeah. And so your brother can sit down and in 25 minutes he goes through everything he's done. Boom. Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of struggle because you've got this really cool brain and your brain's always moving. Yeah. And it's always like it's really busy and you're like the idea guy. You're like a little inventor and you've got this cool brain. And it means in life you're going to have certain advantages Versus your brother, you have the ability to hyper focus. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get interested in something, you can focus for hours and hours and hours, and you don't have to eat or sleep or pee or do anything, <laughs> right? And, and so, and yeah. watch. Part of this is educating your kids about their differences and saying, "Your brother is better at doing this, but 
but he, but he's also not as good at you as doing this. You're, you're both different. So given that you have, you don't have to say special needs, but that you have trouble focusing, here are five different ways you could try doing your homework. Eating, like chewing on a snack is a, you're one that does that. Standing with his, um, like putting his knee on the chair, leaning over the back of the chair, hovering over the table while chewing his cheese stick and tapping his foot and listening to music for him may be golden. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, they're your tools. And being okay with that as a mom, like not trying to think that there's some standard that they have to sit still and they have to be focused. Yeah. Think about That's it. That's how they Who, focus. Whoever came up with the idea that sitting perfectly still is the best way to learn. Yeah. It's it's not. It's not supported by any science or research. It's not in scripture either. In fact, if you go to um like I, I uh, occasionally I teach a lot in these Orthodox Jewish schools. Yeah. And so I've been to the Orthodox Jewish um Friday night service. It's three hours long. Mm. They never sit. Mm. They stand. It's, these are Orthodox Jews, and you've seen this sometimes. They rock back and forth, mm. right? And the kids are always walking around. So they use that movement to learn. So, yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid of movement. Cool. Don't be afraid of movement when your kids are doing homework. Don't take do- responsibility for right. it. Okay. So we've t- we said kindergarten, first grade, but do you have more? Great. Yeah, I mean, that, that the elementary school, that was it, giving them tools, yeah, right? Okay. Back off, giving them tools. Let's get to kind of, as your kids get into middle school and high school, middle school, I'll just throw this out there. Again, you don't have to agree. Middle school is just a really tough age. Yeah. I don't expect many middle school kids to be really, really motivated. They have all the hormonal stuff. They're so social then. They feel awkward and weird. My real goal for middle school is to get a child out of middle school with some sem- semblance of self-confidence and feeling good about himself. Mm. And if I do that and, and, he's, and he's ready to go in high school, then I'm great. But here, here are for the older grades some things um, uh, to motivate your kids. It's unlikely that consequences will work with these kids who are a little bit more challenging bribing them sometimes works, but I really don't want to go there because then it's all external. So the best way to internally motivate a child is this. It's to, um, it's to help him get a vision for his life, not what you want him to do because parents, we all want our kids to have good study (laughs) habits and good skills, right? To be conscientious and turn in your homework. And we want you to go to college. And for some of your kids, that's not on their radar right now, but here's where I have to step back and say, what are my child's gifts, talents, and passions? What can I see him doing? And I'll give you one tip that is really helpful for older kids. Try to find an adult mentor somewhere at church, in your neighborhood, at school. Maybe it's a grandparent, a, a, a neighbor's friend, another adult who can talk to your child because uh, I, I mean, I know this all too well. I've got a really close relationship with my son, but I'm still just a stupid dad. I don't know anything. But if someone else tells your child something, it's kind of like, um, here's the analogy. When your husband reads something on the internet or hears something from a stranger, he'll believe it. Right. But when his wife tells him, then he doesn't. That's why we're thankful for all you husbands listening right now. (laughs) Yes. So it's like that with your kids. So I'd really put time in a middle and high school kid, internships, 
volunteering. Hanging out with college students that you respect. Yeah. 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 College students, someone else who can say, hey, you've got a good head on your shoulders. I could see you being an architect one day. I could see you being a veterinarian one day. And what the other adult can do too, besides encouraging, is they can hold your kids accountable because you can lecture to your you're just blue in the face over, mm-hmm. you really need to give it, and they just don't care. But if another adult says, hey, I see good things in you. You could be an architect. You could be a veterinarian one day. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you don't do your homework, if you, if you don't keep a B average, listen, that's not working. You're not, you're not going to volunteer at my place. I, that's not you. Right. Look, I'm right. looking for leaders. Like if you're going to, like uh, sports coaches can do yeah. that really well. Yeah. Listen, if you're going to be on my football team, I want a leader. And the leaders on my team are going to be kids who do their homework and get good grades. You don't have to get all A's, but you're going to keep a B average. And you're not going to talk back to your parents. And you're going to do your chores. Then you'll be on my football team and you'll be a leader. And that's often the older kids will be like, yes, sir. Yes, Mm ma'am. But they won't do it to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a very powerful. I like that. uh, I mean, I don't have the high schoolers yet, so I'm not even going to pretend. I mean, I just don't even think about it yet. But I think those are good tips. I'm going to remember that. I'll listen to this again. No, you won't. Six years from now. Um, How will we listen to podcasts then? We'll just like tap our temple and something will come out of our brain or something. That's good. That's good. I hope, I know, everyone in their different stages. I think we all just need you to help like give us a chill pill, really. Right. And keep your kids are going to be, your kids are going to be okay. It's it's keeping the long term perspective, like you said. Like, okay, if the long term girl is like to have a successful adult that leaves your house. Right. This is what, like, I don't, I shouldn't be nervous that they're never going to get there. Well, you should be nervous ah! because some kids, some of your kids are are like terrible, they're terrible. right? No, oh. I mean, they're not doing anything right now to show you that they have what it takes, but I guarantee you they do. Listen, when your kids play video games, I guarantee you they're demonstrating what? Good focus. They can focus for hours on their video games. They are persistent, right? Because they're so, they're goal oriented. They're driven because their goal in life is to get to the next level of their video games, mm-hmm. right? They have all these qualities that we want them to have. They just don't always have them in doing their chores and being kind to their siblings and having good manners. But it's in there because they're watching you, right? Heather, I know this. You and your husband are just, you're good people. You have a good home. You love people. You're kind and you're caring. And no matter how much one of your kids struggles in school because he trips people or does whatever, he sees what how you live and he will come back to that. In fact, many of your kids who have the worst outward behavior have the biggest hearts. Right. Yes, let's right? talk They're about just that. Also, oh, can I do that question about um because it's related? Do you want trouble at school? Uh, that one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. If a kid gets in trouble at yeah. school. Should they should, stay, you, should they get trouble at home too? Yeah, because that happened to me yesterday. So tell me. <laughs> well, here's an analogy. Yeah. Let's say you work outside the home or your husband works outside the home and at the office you make a mistake and your boss calls you into the office and says, hey, Heather, you're not supposed to be doing that. I don't like how you did that project. Yeah. You want to come home and then have your husband say, hey, honey, you know, we should really talk about that project that you failed at at work. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, uh-uh, dude. Boss took care of that. And so, again, it depends on the severity. I mean, if it's something, if it's an issue where the school took care of it, good. The school, that's their job and they're okay. 
my tone of voice in usually with kids and behavior issues at school tends to sound more like this. Hey, Jacob, my assumption is you don't want to get in trouble like that again. My assumption is I already know you know that's wrong. That's why you lied about it. And I know you don't want to do it again because you're just going to get in trouble at school. So if you want a little bit of wisdom, you want some tools to learn how to make a different decision next time little Jimmy gets on your nerves in math class, come grab me. I'll help you out with that. See, I'm, I'm inviting them to come to me. Yeah. And I'm not getting all over, you know what, honey, we've told you again and again that you really have to be kind. You need to be patient with people. And all those lectures just kill kids. Well, it's what keeps them, in my situation, from telling the truth when they get in the car. In my situation, I saw the teacher in carpool line. She'd already told me what happened. Right. Told me, fortunately, that he had a repentive heart. He'd actually offered up more severe consequences. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, <laughs> well, that's at least you, you can't teach that. Like you said, the heart is good. The impulsivity is not good. And I, and so when he got in the car, I said, Hey, so, uh, anything happened in to school today? No. Oh, look at you fishing. Fishing. Totally fished. <laughs> and he said, No. How did you get any, con- what, any consequences would, for anything? Nope. Oh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're such an awesome mom. And I was like, <laughs> For real? I said, you know who does carpool? And I said his teacher's name. He's like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. Now it's busted. That would be like busted. your husband coming home and saying, I got a call from your yeah. boss today. Uh-huh. It, it would be. You, you know what I mean? Look, again. So don't so even there, ask him. Just wait if he ever tells me. Well, if the teacher took care of it yeah. and he had a repentant heart, yeah. right? But- it's like I went on a morning walk this morning. And I talked to God right. and I repented. It was a really long walk. So I repented of things and I asked forgiveness. Right. But when I get home, like, and I call you, I don't really need, like, you want you like, saying, so did you talk to God about something? So what, did you talk what did to you, God about what, what did you tell him? <laughs> what did you tell him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. And I think part of it, too, is what you're saying is in the past, he has been shamed or, or something. And when he does tell me, it's not a good response and so there's no way he's telling me again because he doesn't want to get in trouble he doesn't want it to get me brought up again so, so can i springboard off of yeah. that with something mm-hmm. for christian parents yeah. to really watch out for christian kids get very very good at lying yeah. and very good also at using your language against you mm. and saying like oh have a blessed day mother <laughs> then you know something's wrong right but <laughs> But here's why. It's because Christian moms and dads, out of a good heart, sometimes we want so badly for them to behave well, and sometimes we need them to behave well. So we look good. So we look good. And what happens is we create this environment in which our kids can't mess up. Mm. So we're at, see, I want, I want my kids coming boldly and saying, mom, I can't believe what I did. This little kid, Jimmy, is in my class, and he was bugging me. So when he walked by, I stuck my foot out because I thought it would be kind of fun to trip him. Right? But I, wanna, I want him to be able to tell me that, not be like, I can't believe that you would do that. Yeah. Because then he'll never tell me. And in fact, I'd rather have him tell me and say, well, you know what? I get, sometimes I want to trip people too. Yeah. I don't. You know, I'd use passive-aggressive things because I'm a Christian adult. <laughs> but I don't about <laughs> I gossip about I don't punch them in the face. But I don't punch them. But I want them coming and here's where it gets serious. You've got, you know, elementary school kids. They're not gonna get anything too bad. 
But you know, you get kids in the middle school and high school in good homes, they're going to be exposed to alcohol and drugs and sex and all kinds of things. And I want them to be comfortable coming to you and saying, mom, Friday night when I went to my friend's house, I lied to you. We didn't go here. We went to this place and it kind of scared me. And if they know that they're going to get, I can't believe after all we've taught you and all we've done to you Mm -hmm. that you would deceive me. Then it's like, why? So I'll give you, I'll close up with this part with one thing to look at the uh, story of the prodigal son. And one of the key takeaways was that father didn't chase his son down. See, I would have, I would have tried to get my money back before (laughs) he blew it all. Right. And when he came back and this kid did bad stuff, there's, he didn't lecture him because the kid had learned on his own. But the key takeaway for me was that father in that story had created an, an environment in which he knew his son would be welcome to come home, which is, I think, what, I mean, ha- I guarantee you, half the people listening to this, you sometimes uh, aren't close to God because you're afraid he's mad at you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you're not praying enough and you're not doing this enough. Mm-hmm. And so you stay away from the very one that can give you wisdom and help you. And I don't want our kids to stay away from us as parents because it's never good enough or we're going to give that lecture. Yeah, that's really good. I think it's really good, especially for our ones who love is um, words of affirmation. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, um, are you ready for another question? I am. What about... Competition, comparison, vying for position among siblings. Or I think even just competition, if they're a competitive person in school in general. Dallas is a very competitive place. But there is that sibling thing. If, if, oh, he got an A, but I didn't get an A. Or he got 100 on his spelling test and I didn't get 100 or whatever. Right. Then just say, yeah, because you didn't study and you're not very smart. (laughs) But what if it's like they're legitimately like, (laughs) you just got to be smarter. It's from your dad. If you would just try harder. Yeah, just try harder. No. So here's, here's you know, it's big picture of, see, that's that hyper focus on school and grades and homework and how you do mm-hmm. versus the larger picture of, hey, listen, Jacob, you have a gift with A, B, and C. I can see you being an architect and engineer and this because you're great at building with Legos. You're very good at arguing with me, probably make a really good attorney, right? right? But you struggle with short-term memory, impulse control, and this because your brain's moving so fast and you're an idea guy. And that's really cool. So you're going to have these advantages in life, but you're probably going to struggle throughout your life in these areas. Now your brother, right now, Ethan, he's really good. He's just very task-oriented. He'll sit down and do his homework. He's very good at, uh, he's a people pleaser. He does what people want him to do. He's got this very logical left brain brain brand orientation. He's probably going to be like an accountant and he's going to do this and he's going to be great. He's going to work for other people. He'll be really resentful (laughs) and unhappy later in life, but it's going to be awesome. But he's also not very good at being creative and he's not an idea guy. And that's, that's the reason you blurt out Jacob because you're an idea guy and you're afraid you're going to forget what you say. So you blurt out, your brother doesn't blurt out. And it's not because he's a better person than you. It's that he just has no need or desire to blurt out. You yeah. See what I'm so well, I think it's it's how we create the environment. Do we create do we foster a competitive environment by praising those kind of accomplishments? Wow, way to go, the hundred on the test. Oh, that's just great. Or are we praising character? 
because everyone's uniquely gifted is what you're saying. Everyone's unique. And if our attention as parents is on fostering their unique personalities rather than their achievements, that's where yeah, it becomes yes. less of a comp- competition on achievements. Yeah, I say that's good, Heather. I think widen it to, hey, Who you, you do better in school. You don't do it. You know, they're, they're, again, it, it's so, I mean, almost all the people we really admire and really look up to, most of those people didn't do that well in school. Right. right. They're successful in life, but not in school. And so you need both types of people, right? And so- you be, Focus on the place, fact that they're a human being, who they are, not what they do. They're not a human doing. Like they're- you, you can focus on what they, I, I put it this way, you can focus on what they do and achieve, but don't just limit it to a very narrow thing on grades, Got it. right? Okay. So your grades aren't great, but here is what, what's pretty cool. You built a 4,000 piece Lego set without looking at the directions of what that tells me is very good spatial relations. You're very persistent. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you draw it out. Right. Right. And so, and I, and, and here's the one more thing is have the grandparents because grandparents are often like, oh, you made the, everything's on a roll, on a roll, on a roll. Well, I'm just not, say I'm a kid, I'm just not good at school. I'm smart. I'll make a really good entrepreneur one day. I may be a really good inventor and I may push the limit. So I'm like a Steve Jobs who went to what, one semester of college, <laughs> yeah. calligraphy. Yeah. Yeah, right? which and is handy nowadays. <laughs> very handy for writing all those. For Instagram uh, pictures. For Instagram yes. pictures. I wish I could do a little hand lettering. So, yeah. No, I think you're, you're so making a good you, point. Yeah. If you think about it, just think where that comes from. It's parental anxiety. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to praise him because he's good at these things because what I really want is for him to get good grades. When in fact, some of you have to honestly realize that your kids may never get good grades but they're going to be very, very happy in life and be very, very successful in life. Yeah. And there's not one, it's that social, it's that pressure you have. And, you know, my, I always give this advice, make sure your best friend is someone whose kids are way worse than yours. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just helps to know like our son struggles. But theirs is going to jail. No, come on. It just helps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone listening, do not compare to your friends. Do not pick friends based on their – no, no. I do. Heather, that's good advice because it's perspective to know, yeah, our son got in trouble for tripping someone in class, but he's not killing animals. <laughs> he's not – you know what I mean? Yeah. Like kids – Well, I think the key is to just um, have a friend who's vulnerable enough to share her mess too. <laughs> that's what I think, Right. Look how nice you put it. Have a friend who says, you know, like if you have a friend who's always telling you how awesome their kids do, you're going to feel really bad Uh about your kids. But if you have a friend who's like, yeah, Yeah. me too, a me too friend, then maybe you don't have the same struggle, but you both can be honest about where your struggle is. And there's comfort in that. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So another question we have is, um, what about the perfectionist kids when they shut down? Right. You know what I think it relates to, Heather? Kind of what we've been talking about is drawing that larger picture of what's really important Mm -hmm. and saying, yeah, you mess up. I mean, making, remember we talked about the DNA of your home. So here's a great conversation to do maybe once or twice a week. We typically sit around the dinner table. Oh, tell me about how good your day. What'd you do well today? 
you know, take the lead as parents. Like this is a great thing for dads to do. And, and here's why I'm saying dads, because dads often have this aura of being like, they never do anything wrong, right. um, except to their wives. <laughs> but they know, but to kids, it's like my dad goes to superhero. work and he's a superhero. Yeah. But for dad to come home and at dinner one night, tell the kids, say, hey, I want to share something happened at work. I had this big project. And I kind of rushed through it. I didn't do it the right way. And my boss was all over me. Mm-hmm. And for the kids to know, dad, you mess up? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, at least a couple times a week, I've got to go back. Why do you think I work late? Because I messed something up. Yeah. And it's not excusing it, but it's normalizing the fact that you're supposed to fail at stuff because that's how you learn. Right. It's not the failure. And so go around the table it's again kind of that thing, Heather, of I want kids to come boldly to the throne of grace and say, yeah, I really messed up too. Mm-hmm. And they get comfortable with the fact of, you know, the other, I'm sorry to skip around. Okay. One thing I whis- whisper in that child's ear is, because here's what's happening to that child, that perfectionist. Well, I messed up on this project because I was like that as a kid. If I, don't, if, I don't, if, I, if I don't get a good grade on this one, if on this single algebra test in 10th grade, then I won't get a good grade in algebra. My GPA will go down. I won't get into a good college and I won't get a good job. You know what I mean? And, and, and in their brains, they're just exploding into the future over one meaningless algebra test in 10th grade or fourth grade. So to be able to whisper in their ear and say, you're going to have a great life no matter what you get on this test. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and then just walk away. Sometimes it's reassuring perspective to know this isn't as important as you think it is. I love the fact that you're um, so conscientious and are working so hard. I love that quality. Your bosses are going to love that quality. You're going to be you're going to be a manager one day. You're going to have a great job with that. But I want you to know, yeah, the perfection thing's way overrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? So perspective is really good. I think that's good modeling that it's okay when you make a mistake and and letting and highlighting it. Yeah. Yes, as good. a mom. Yeah. Yeah, dad, moms, adults, and not Celebrate. and not like getting on them every single time they make a mistake, because I think uh, that watch, that kind of watch the beaver. Yeah, I mean, leave the beaver was just a kid who messed up every single day. And you know what's interesting? Seriously, if you ever, I don't watch a lot of TV, <laughs> but uh, but TV Land I think has reruns. Yeah, and I, I've uh, I've watched Leave It to Beaver. You know what's really cool? Ward did it really because he called Beave into his office. Didn't yell, didn't lecture a lot, but it let Beave know, like, hey, I know you messed up, but then he problem solved with him. Mm. Beave, what are you going to do next time? Mm, that's good. The only thing you've got to watch on that show that wasn't good is the way Ward treated June because it was fairly demeaning. Because <laughs> he would sit there and read his table, his paper. She sat, literally sat next to him. And he ignored her. Waiting for him. Yeah, waiting for him to be done so he would speak to her. But that's a little bit of the 1950s stuff that men love. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, every generation had something. The cigar room, the men all leave to go have their intellectual conversation. Oh, it wasn't intellectual, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Okay, I've got um, one question from a parent of a a child with autism spectrum disorder, a seven-year-old. How does okay. she encourage him to try harder and persist when things are tough at school? Hmm. Good question. So I would um, let's find let's find one. This is probably a child who is struggling, obviously. 
probably feels overwhelmed because he has five or six classes in school and each of them is really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to shut down too. I may pick one of those subjects and have him kind of persist, work through, start with the one that's easiest in a sense, because I want him to get a success Mm -hmm. and I want him to, to be able to see like, I struggled with that. And then I, I, I worked a little bit and I came up with a creative tool. And so mom, dad, you're going to have to give that child some creative tools, right? To do homework, maybe in different ways, giving them tools. So when that child does experience that and says, yeah, I really worked at that and, and I overcame it and I got a better grade. Now there's that internal feeling of satisfaction, but I'd encourage you to control your own anxiety and start with something small. It may be even something that's not school related. Yeah. It may be that she child. She mentioned judo in her question. So I, I was going. I was going right to taekwondo. There you so go. We're on the right. Yeah, yeah. She said so, judo. Yeah. So here's what the issue is: going to judo is all anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's all the other kids. Am I going to be good? What if I can't follow through on the directions? What if I don't know how to do it? What if I look like a failure? What if I look stupid in front of the kids? It's total anxiety. So take that, take your son a few days ahead of time to the judo place and talk to the instructor and say, hey, I've got a really cool kid, kind of struggles with some things, but he loves helping out. Could you give my son a job to do? Could we come here a few minutes early every week? And, and here's why. And this is related. We won't get to this, but that kindergartner, uh, your kindergartner who doesn't want to go to school, it's all anxiety driven. So if the teacher, if the judo instructor looks at your son and says, oh, man, I could really use your help because, listen, dude, you're really strong. I need you here five minutes early every week. You're going to help me get set up for class because I could really use your help. Mm -hmm. That will get that. Uh, child either on uh, on the autism spectrum or the anxious child, that will get them to the class, whether it's judo or kindergarten, because their focus isn't on all the scary stuff. It's, mom, the instructor said that he could really use my help yeah. and he needs me. Yeah. That will help more than anything. So get the success at judo. Let that settle in. Praise and say, you know what was really cool? I know you were I know you're anxious about going to that class because it's kind of scary. And you know what? You did it three weeks in a row now. You've gone early. And you know what the instructor told me? He said, you're one of the best helpers he's ever had. And then you give that child knuckles. And see, now I'm starting to build the confidence. And now I can say, hey, spelling words. You're close, man. You're this close. Why don't we kind of push through on spelling? And let's see if we can get you over that hump and then get it on spelling. And then yeah. once you build a success, it kind of, you know, keeps going. Because we want them to be – because she had mentioned I want him to be responsible. But I think that, like you said, you're the coach. So they can be responsible for the actual execution. But you are the one behind them saying let's focus in on this area. Let's focus in on that area. And you're encouraging and um, highlighting. You're giving them tools. Yeah, giving them, yeah tools. giving them tools. And I like the kindergartner yeah. idea. I can imagine, you know – a teacher being like, yeah, come on in, help me erase the board or whatever it is nowadays. Um, to Absolutely. Oh, I need your, for most of the kids who struggle, they love being helpful, yeah. not at home. They love helping oh, other adults. So especially, words, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, Rebecca, I've been waiting to get, for you to get here. I really need your help. And that will draw her right in mm-hmm. away from mom. And then, you know, she'll have something to look forward to. So yeah, that's good. It is good. I think we got through all my questions. Did you get through everything you wanted to say? 
I think I did. I think that's enough for right now. <laughs> that's a lot to chew to on. Like, I'm going to be listening in six years. I, you know, who knows how much time <laughs> I'll have then if I'm so busy now. You're going to have like what three of them, like in middle oh, oh, school, Kirk, I don't know, high school. Talk about this. Yes. Oh, there goes your anxiety. There goes my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> they will. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Yes. Uh huh. It's going to be good times. They're going to be okay. Yeah. It will be great times. It'll be good times. Yeah, they're good kids. Hey, Heather. Yeah. You're a really good mom. Thanks. And so all the moms listening, you're good moms. You're good moms, guys. We, we like to hear good that. We like to hear that. Oh, you got to hear that. You're good moms. Your kids don't have to be perfect. And even if they like blow snot in other kids' hair, <laughs> throw gum, Give them you're still a good mom. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're still a good mom. Awesome. Thank you, Kirk, so much for your help in getting uh, us through this little first hump of school. We need it. You're welcome. Hey, can I give a quick plug for myself? Yeah, please do. I know you do on your Facebook page, but you usually put the wrong oh, site. Oh, come on now. I'm, I'm Grace, kidding. Grace, Grace. Yeah. No, I got I'm, it. Yes. We're going to get you so, the right site on the in the show notes. <laughs> no, if you want, go to uh, it's CelebrateCalm.com. We've got a free newsletter. It's very good. I've got a uh, Facebook page. It's not as good as Heather's, but it's Celebrate Calm. But, but you're welcome. I'll give you my phone number, too. It's not my number. I'm not going to talk to you because you guys are crazy. <laughs> But you'll talk to my brother. I'm just, I travel, so I can't answer. Otherwise, I would answer each and every one of your calls with patience and grace. I would. But it's 888-506-1871. And the reason I say it, because Heather and I joke a lot, but I know a lot of you have very, very serious stuff going on. And, um, and it's tough. It's really tough. So if we can help you, we're big fans of Heather's, so we'll send you back to her stuff too. But um, we're glad to help any way we can. Yeah, and they can call that number if they're in a moment and they're like it's homework time and they're totally stressed out and they just need just call just need to, my brother yeah. my brother or son will answer just totally freak on them and say we were listening to the god-centered yeah. mom podcast yeah right that <laughs> and, Brett'll like that yeah, no, yeah. He'll, he'll love that uh, yeah yeah they'll, they'll help you out they'll get you count to 10 and you'll get out of your funk <laughs> it doesn't work it doesn't work <laughs> shoot okay just call the number then just call the number Okay, thank All you, right. Everybody. Thanks, Kirk. Have a great okay, day. See Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to godcenteredmom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink, as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family, and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.